This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I'm your host, Dan, and today's game will be pitting the Benchwarmer team of Josh and Marcus versus Benchwarmer Mason and newcomer Mike Schneider. Welcome to the bench, Mike. Why don't you take a minute to let us know where you're from, what teams you root for, and anything else you'd like to share? Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for the invitation. My name is Mike. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. I'm a full-time uh, wealth advisor and a part-time poker player. Uh, I'm trying to maybe switch that up. I enjoy poker maybe a little more. Um, with what we've been going through the last uh, nine months, um, it's kind of limited my poker playing, but uh, hopefully we have better times ahead once we get through this in 2021. Uh, I root for, I basically root for all my home teams. Uh, I grew up in the New York area, so I know it's a little bit uh, counterintuitive to a lot of people, but I always root for the Mets and the Yankees and the Jets and the Giants, etc. cetera. Uh, since I've gotten involved with uh, fantasy sports and uh, uh, betting, it's kind of changed my priorities a little bit, but uh, that's the way I grew up. All right. Yeah, I, I always thought it didn't really make any sense to not like both teams because, I mean, they're they're not really rivals. They don't play each other all that often. Um, Jets and Giants somewhat, but, I mean, Yankees, Mets hardly ever play each other. Well, now more so, but. Uh. Yeah. Well, you know, I was born in uh, 1967, so you have to remember that I didn't see a good football team until I was about uh, in high school, so. I didn't realize the Jets or the Giants could be good until I, I got to about 14 years old. All right. Mason, how are you doing? And let us know what uh, your team name is going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm back home for a little bit um, for the weekend, at least. So in different digs than my, my normal, very bland <laughs> set that I'm in. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to play with the guest again. It's been a little while since I've been playing with the guests. So happy to have Mike on my team. And, um, our team name is based off our names. It's not very out there, but it's a, it's a good team name. So we were going with the M&M Boys. M&M Boys. Mauer and Morneau. Maris and Mantle. Mike and Mason. And Marcus and Josh, uh, let us know how you're doing and what your team name is. Uh, Marcus, why don't you go first? Um, doing great. It's a beautiful, chilly uh, morning here in Washington State and uh, looking forward to watching the Huskies improve to 2-0 later against Arizona. Uh, so, yeah, feeling good. Josh? Yeah, uh, doing all right. Um, excited to see how Anthony Edwards will turn turn out as a player for the Timberwolves after the, the draft this week. Yeah, you know, hopefully hopefully the Timberwolves can, can be a little better than they were the last, I don't know. 20 years? Yeah, something like that. So uh, I'm going to let Marcus explain what our team name is, though. So go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, uh, it's been a big uh, free agency weekend in the NBA, and the deals are coming fast and crazy. But the biggest one to me was Montrez Harrell going from the Clippers to the Lakers. So our team name is Benedict Harrell. All right. So I've got Benedict Harrell versus the Eminem boys. And now, uh, now that we've got all that out of the way, on to the rules. We will be starting off with the tailgate to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. 
The styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from the points they've accumulated to see who are today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. Um, we're going to start with the tailgate, consisting of three warm-up questions, and these are going to be worth 10 points each. In the tailgate, um, this time, I'm going to give you three cities or metro areas. And for each question, I'd like for you to name the year of each city's last Big Four championship. So if I were to say the Los, Angel um, Los Angeles, you would say 2020. All right. Question number one, I'm looking for the last championship year for the city of Dallas. And all of these are going to be cities that have all four big four sports. Just uh, throwing that out there. Should we check that in? Yeah, we can check it in. All right, we're checked in. All right. Benedict Carroll is checked in. Eminem boys, feel free to talk it out. So the first thing I thought of was um, the Mavericks winning in what I think is 2011. I don't, it's somewhere around there because they played LeBron in the heat, but I don't remember if it's, I think 2011 is right. It's somewhere around that. The other ones I don't think has won, have won a championship anywhere close to that. Yeah. I, I, I'm not positive on the year, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident on the Mavericks part. I just recall Mark Cuban being very, very happy in a, in a, in the last decade or so. Yeah. It's not the Cowboys. That was obviously the nineties. Um, the Rangers, I don't think have ever won one. And if not, it was a long time ago. And the star is the one I'm kind of iffy about, but I think I'm, I think I agree with you. That it was much longer ago. Yeah. The, the Brett Hull controversy, if, if that's their last one, which I think it is, that was late nineties. Yeah. I mean, they were good this year, but they didn't win it. So thank goodness. Well, good. At least we know it's not 2020. <laughs> we can eliminate that one off the list. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 2011. If not, it's maybe 2010, but I'm, I'm pretty sure 2011 was the, the heat Mavericks final. So if you're good with that, I think we should probably go with that. I'm good. All right. We'll go ahead and check in 2011. Right, checking in 2011 and Benedict Carroll. What did you say? Uh, yeah, we started off. That was the first thing I said. I said, I think the Mavs championship was 2011, 2011 or 2012. Uh, Josh agreed. We kind of went back and forth a little bit, but uh, we ended up going with 2011. Both teams checking in 2011, and both teams are getting points. It was 2011, and you're exactly right. It was against the Heat. Question number two. I'd like you to tell me the last time that a team from Phoenix won the championship in a big four sport. All right. You want to check it in? Yep. All right. We are checking in. Benedict Carroll has checked in, and Eminem boys, you can talk it out again. Um, I think, I think we've kind of decided on something here. Um, yeah, Diamondbacks is two thousand one. Cardinals haven't won anything in the last twenty years. They got close that one year when they played the Steelers, but they didn't win that one. The Suns, I don't think, have won one any time in the past twenty years. The Coyotes is what's concerning me because I honestly don't know about them. Yeah, I said the same thing. I, I don't recall the Coyotes winning a Stanley Cup. Doesn't mean they didn't, but I don't recall them hoisting one above their head 
Right. Hoping that uh, you try to throw us off by saying the Phoenix area because the Dimebacks aren't known as the Phoenix Diamondbacks, obviously. So I'm hoping that was some type of sub uh, subliminal clue. Yeah, because I mean, there is, I mean, there's no baseball team named Phoenix something. So I would assume that would count along with that. And if that's the case, then 2001 seems good with me. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and check in with 2001. All right. Checking in 2001. Benedict Carroll, what did you say? Yeah, we're kind of in that same place. We don't think any of the other three have won a championship. So we also pretty quickly, so we narrowed it on the Diamondbacks and Marcus is pretty quick to throw in 2001 and I think he's correct. So we also said 2001. All right, both teams checking in 2001 and once again, both teams are getting points. It was 2001 against the New York Yankees. Um, and as Josh uh, correctly pointed out, no other team in Phoenix has won a championship. It's just that one. <laughs> what solidified it for me, too, is that was the last time the Seattle Mariners made the playoffs when they won 116 Ooh. games and lost to the Yankees in the ALCS and made me cry. So yeah, that's, thir- <laughs> that's that's 13-year-old me. <laughs> oh, Ugh, I'm sorry. Um, and as far as the... Uh, the metro areas go. I, I did say metro area in the clue, um, in the uh, question, and um, I did say Dallas for the first one. There is no Dallas baseball team either. So yeah. Moving on to number three. Tell me the last time one of the big four teams from Denver won a championship. Dan, quick clarifying question. Yeah. This would be when the championship was played. Yes, I should have said that in the beginning. Um. Anytime I'm asking for this, I'm asking for the year that the championship was won, not for the season, the year the championship was won. Are you good with that, Mike? I, I am. Okay, we'll go ahead and check in. Eminem boys have checked in, so Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. Yeah, I, th- I think we settled on that same thing. When you, you said 2015, and I was like, okay, but was that the season? And yeah. we do agree that the uh, Broncos with – Peyton Manning at the helm. Yes. Well, sort of Even at the though, helm. I mean. Yeah, they <laughs> the that defense at the helm. Yes, and defense at the Peyton, helm. Peyton gimped his way into that last championship. But yeah, so so we agree we'll say 2016. Yes. Cool. Checking in with 2016 and Eminem boys. What did you say? Yeah, we uh our answer is the same. The, the 2016 uh Super Bowl 50. Uh, Peyton's Peyton Manning swan song. All right, both teams checking in with 2016, and both teams are getting the points. Nice. You know, if I can get on my soapbox for a second, I, I still don't totally understand. That was the only Super Bowl where they didn't use the Roman numeral. Why, why could they use the L? Because because of the connotation uh, of loser. Yeah, that's what it was. That's literally what I remember they say. They're saying they're like, oh, we don't want to be. L, but like it's a Roman numeral. It's not anything you can control. It's just yeah. And they and they had all the all the players that all the Hall of Fame players. They they had them out before the game. They didn't want the big L that they were coming out from. Uh, that sounds a little too sensitive to me. It does yeah, it's Roger Goodell. Well, after the tailgate, we have a score of Benedict Carroll with thirty, and the Eminem boys also with thirty. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon if you'd be interested in supporting us financially. 
Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be Odd One Out. The Odd One Out. For this quarter, there will be five categorized questions containing lists of six items. The teams will attempt to choose the item from the list that does not fit the given category. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one in Odd One Out. The 2019 top five NFL rushing yards. Players in the top five of the NFL's rushing yards for 2019. Here are your names. Christian McCaffrey, Lamar Jackson, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson, Derek Henry. Okay, we'll, we'll check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell can talk it out. We are we are having a spirited debate over here because we're both pretty sure of the of a different answer. We're pretty sure that um, Henry Chubb, McCaffrey, and Elliott were top four. But the question is that fifth ver- uh, out of Carson and Jackson. Um, I, I have looked at this list, and uh, I'm almost certain that uh, Carson was fifth and Lamar was in sixth spot. I felt the other way, but you're bringing some some heat and some thunder, so I'm willing to concede this. Okay, well, well, I appreciate that. There will be plenty of time in this game where I'll be like, yeah, go with that. Um, <laughs> All right, um, trust you. So, uh, you know. You know, one would think that why wouldn't the why would why would he use this if the quarterback didn't sneak in? But I think he is actually sitting at sixth. So we're checking in with Lamar Jackson. All right, you're checking in with Lamar Jackson and Eminem boys. What did you say? Yeah, the the Eminem boys. I mean, I don't know if they were able to uh, spy and listen in, but our thought process was about ninety nine point nine percent of what they just said, including the end part that the. Uh, you know, you throw in a quarterback there who had the, uh, the I, bet, I believe, the best rushing season in NFL history. But I still, and when I say I, we still think that he finished behind the other five. So we also went with Lamar Jackson for the same reasons. All right, both teams checking in with Lamar Jackson. And I will tell you that Chris Carson had 1,230 yards rushing last year. And Lamar Jackson had 1,206 yards rushing. So your answer is Lamar Jackson. Good job, guys. Good job, everyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, I'd like you uh, to figure out which one of these was not an original WNBA team. The six teams are the Detroit Shock, the Phoenix Mercury, the Houston Comets, Charlotte Sting, the Utah Stars, and the Sacramento Monarchs. Uh, we'll check in. All right. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, talk it out. Yeah, we were, we were about to check in right, right before they were. But uh, we 
had a discussion about two of them. The other four we really didn't address, but um, I just had a, a thought that the shock were later. And I don't know why. I, I remember we talked about them on another episode. It was about Detroit championships. I know they won one like in the early 2000s. And I don't know when they exactly formed. Um, and I agree with what you were saying that the Utah Stars was an ABA team. So I'm wondering if that's a trap answer. But I think there was a team called the Utah Stars. I don't know how long they existed or when they existed in the WNBA. Yeah, I told him just to go with his gut instinct. My my knowledge of the WNBA stops at Rebecca Lobo being tall. That's about it. <laughs> that is true. That's a true statement. On that note, uh, I, I guess we'll go ahead and check in with the Detroit Shock. Right, checking in with the Detroit Shock. Benedict Harrell, what did you say? Uh, yeah, we kind of had similar discussion. Um, I was pretty certain on like the Monarchs and Comets and Mercury. Uh, Marcus did first question the stars. I'm pretty certain the Utah stars double Z, um, was, was one of the original. They only popped in my head because I know they, they, I think you're right. Like they were the stars and then the stars and then, yeah, they've, they've moved on again. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, um, I think a different trivia podcast that recently, uh, had a similar question, and I, I recall being surprised that Detroit wasn't one of the original. So that like stuck in my head. And Marcus was like down to the sting and the shock. And when I said I was, I recall hearing that. So we're, we're checking in with the Detroit shock as well. All right. Both teams checking in with the Detroit shock. And once again, both points, both teams getting points on this one. It is the Detroit shock. The Detroit shock um, entered the league the next year along with the Washington Mystics. Um, and then the following year, the Orlando Miracle and the Minnesota Lynx joined. All right, let's move on to number three. Um, five of these six are triple crown winning horses. I'd like you to tell me which one is not. Sir Barton, Omaha, Count Fleet, Seabiscuit. Assault, War Admiral. Uh, we can check in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, talk it out. I I don't, again, I, I just remember seeing this list from somewhere. And I think a lot of these are like, I know in the 1930s, they had a lot of Triple Crown winners. Like Omaha, I'm fairly certain is Triple Crown winner. Um, I think Sir Barton and Count Fleet are like in the same era, like the same kind of 30s era. And I remember War Admiral and Assault. Seabiscuit, I don't think won a Triple Crown. I think that's just a famous name thrown in there to kind of throw us off. I don't, I don't recall them winning one. It might have, but I don't. It kind of stands out from the other five for me. Yeah, I, and when our opponents answered so quickly, that for some reason in my mind was to go with probably the most obvious name. So I'm on board with you. Okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and check in with Seabiscuit. All right. Checking in with Seabiscuit. Um, Benedict Harrell, what did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omaha certainly was one. That goes back to an early episode when I uh, wrongfully uh, said that Omaha was not a major Midwest city. I was wrong about that after I looked it up. I was really surprised at the size 
the population of Omaha. So uh, certainly was one. Uh, I was writing them down, and as soon as you said Seabiscuit, I stopped writing things down because Seabiscuit did not win a Triple Crown. All right, both teams saying Seabiscuit, and again, both teams getting points. Seabiscuit never did win the Triple Crown, um, although he did race War Admiral in a very famous race. That's about all I have to say about that. <laughs> Question number four. I'd like you to name which one of these is not one of the five longest tracks on the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup circuit. Your choices are the Talladega Super Speedway, Daytona International Speedway, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Pocono Raceway, Watkins Glen International, and the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, we'll, we'll check in. Check in? <laughs> Benedict Harrell has checked in. M&M boys, talk it out. We, we don't have much to talk about here. Um, I, I think the most logic we've had so far is we think the one, one of them is going to, uh, Watkins Glen is windier. And so maybe that, that distinguishes it in some way. Um, I don't know if that means it would be shorter or longer. In my mind, it's shorter. I, I don't, I, I could be wrong, but again, my, my, my knowledge is pretty limited. But I just, in my mind, picturing Watkins Glen not being an oval, if that's, that might not even be accurate, but yeah, I'm having a flashback in my brain. <laughs> I'm fine with going with Watkins Glen on that logic. I mean, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I, I don't, there's not much to go off here other than, you know, it could be Charlotte just because that's in Dan's neck of the woods. So maybe he threw that on there as a, a trap answer. I honestly don't have anything. Well, I, 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 the only thing I can say to that is, in, in, to be personal, is that I don't think I don't think I've been personally to any racetrack except Charlotte Motor Speedway. So that's the only one I've seen with my own eyes. It seemed pretty long. Okay, um, I'm fine with Watkins Glen if, if you're good with it. Let's go with Windy Watkins Glen. Lock it in. <laughs> Locking in, checking in, Windy Watkins Glen, and. Um, Benedict Harrell, what did you say? Well, that's more logic than we came up with. Um, I sent some question marks. Marcus sent just random typing on his keyboard to me. Um, so we decided to go with the Know Your Host, who lives in North Carolina. We're going to go with Charlotte Motor Speedway. Great logic. For the first time, checking in with different answers. Um, I will tell you that all but one of these tracks are over two and a half miles long. And the one that is not, whether it's the oval or the road course there, is Charlotte Motor Speedway. It wasn't Know Your Host. Know Your Host, baby! Actually, I had nothing to do with Know Your Host. There's, um, there's a whole bunch of tracks. There's like seven or eight of them that are a mile and a half long. I just picked one of them that I thought you might have heard of. All right, well, let's move on from NASCAR, and let's go to hockey. I'd like you to tell me which of these is not one of the teams with the most Stanley Cup championships. The Boston Bruins, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Detroit Red Wings, the Montreal Canadiens, 
the New York Rangers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. The original six teams, which one does not have the top five most Stanley Cup championships? All right. I say let's not overthink it and just go with it. Okay. We'll go ahead and check in. Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. I immediately ruled out, I mean, Canadians, they're number one with a bullet. Um, and I'm pretty sure uh, the Maple Leafs are number two, I think. You know, get those Canadian teams off our list and, you know, talk. And then I was working my way through some of the uh, U.S. I think the um, Red Wings, I think we're, I was able to rule them out, I think, pretty quickly. And finally, I sent two over to Marcus. I said, I'm, le- I'm down to the Bruins and the Rangers. And then I said, I know the Rangers have been mostly bad, but I don't know what they did early on. So if we're going to pick something and it's between those two, I, you know, Josh said he's leaning Rangers and I agree. I say we go Rangers and just call it good. So that's kind of where we're at. We're going to check in with the New York Rangers. All right. Checking in with the New York Rangers. Uh, Eminem boys, what did you say? Uh, Well, what, what I know for sure is that the Rangers won a Stanley Cup in 1940, and then they didn't win one until 54 years later in 1994, hence the infamous 1940 chant that, uh, that was always done at some of their competitors. Um, and then they haven't won since. So along the same lines, I don't know how good they were before 1940. Um, I don't think they were that great. So using math logic of what we know for sure, we also went with the Rangers. All right. Both teams checking in with the Rangers. The uh, Montreal Canadiens have 24 championships. The Red Wings and the Maple Leafs combine for 24 championships. The uh, Maple Leafs have 13 and the Red Wings have 11. Chicago and Boston both have six, which means the... New York Rangers do not belong on this list with their four championships. All right. Well, after the first quarter, we have a score of Benedict Harrell, 130, and Eminem Boys, 110. Very good game so far. Let's see if we can continue that into the second quarter, which is The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question number one in the missing link. Which product of Division III Centenary College ranks 14th in NBA playoff games played, 8th all-time in total rebounds, and is to date the oldest player to have ever won an NBA championship? which he did in the last year of his 21-year career. All right, we'll check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Carroll, feel free to talk it out. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, so immediately I went to Robert Parrish. I know Robert Parrish played so long. 
uh, played on lots of playoff teams. Um, I don't know. He didn't finish with the Celtics, did he? No. Okay. That's, that's what makes me hesitate on that, man. Um, eighth in rebounds is a, is a tough one. I mean, Parrish is up on the list on rebounds. Yeah. He's definitely up there. Um, didn't, I think Parrish finished on the Bulls. Ooh, yeah, you're right. He did. Yes, you're absolutely right. Parrish did finish on the Bulls. So, and I'm guessing it was in that l- the second three peat somewhere in there. No, no, I think it was in the first three peat. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, either one, like in the like in the early to mid '90s, like whatever the last one was, '93, '94. Okay, I just I do remember him being there. Yeah, and I. I don't think he went anywhere after that, but I could be wrong. All right. I think regardless of which three-peat it was on, he definitely played a long time and finished with the Bulls. So, yeah. Do you want to just lock in with that? It feels good. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll check in with Robert Parrish. Yeah, check in. Excuse me. It's all right. He'll, he'll get what there, a, Marcus. What an idiot. <sighs> it's only your second official uh, you know, game as a bench warmer here. All right. So we're checking in with uh, Robert Parrish. Yeah. All right, Eminem boys, what did you say? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just uh, chime in and say <clears throat> the fact that you, in the question, the player played so long, and he, I can't name any, I can't name any player that went to that college. So I figure for most superstars or guys who played that long, I, I should know who, what college they went to, but Robert Parrish, which was my first instinct, and it was and it was only solidified that I don't know where Robert Parrish went to college. So I'm just saying there's probably something somewhere relatively unknown. So that's why I also thought it was Robert Parrish. Okay, well, I can tell you that Robert Parrish went to Centenary College because the correct answer to this question is Robert Parrish. He did finish his career with the 96-97 Bulls. So your theme-linked answers so far? Robert Parrish. Does anybody want to throw in a guess right now? Uh, it's tough to link answers without more than one. So it's obvious what Robert Parrish is, what group Robert Parrish is part of. Question number two It is rare for a pitcher to win the MVP award, but when you win the Cy Young Award, lead the league in ERA, and rack up 24 wins, it's almost a no brainer. Which player who spent all but one season of his 17-year career in the Bay Area accomplished this feat in 1971? Yeah, I was trying to pull the name. I knew who it was, but yeah, I'm okay. You can go ahead and check in if you like. Okay, Eminem boys have checked in, which means that Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. 71 Bay Area. So we're talking the A's or the Giants. Giants. Juan Marichal. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Vita Blue. Um, trying to think other, like, you know, aces from those. Right. One. From around that time. Um, thinking of baseball cards. Yeah, right. I'm thinking of, uh, hey, Josh, you know what I'm thinking of? What are you thinking of? Playing the show. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> video games. Here we go. You can get answers from video games. We we know this. Uh, yeah. 
Um, so you build up that knowledge base sometimes. Sometimes. I like Marichelle. I'm trying to think of the span of his career. Yeah, that's where I'm going <laughs> to... For me, it's names, and Vita Blue is a good name, but I, uh, Juan Marichelle feels right. I okay, so I, I don't. If you're, if you think Marichelle's a better, I just, I feel, I feel good about it. I had something's, something's tugging back there, but not. I mean, obviously, you're naming multiple names, but for me, well, I, I gave you two names. I think okay. I gave you kind of the. My guess is I gave. I think. I don't. I think Marichelle was probably on the team still in '71. Yeah, um, he would... probably was their ace. And Vita Blue was the the ace. I think in yeah, Oakland. I would... But I don't. I don't have a strong either way. So if you're if you're leaning Marichelle, I'd be fine with that. I I don't have a. I I can't recall either of them necessarily winning a Cy Young or not winning a Cy Young. So. I'm fine with that. If we want to go with Juan Marichal, okay. I'm. I think we should. I think we should go Juan Marichal. Right. We'll check in with Juan Marichal. Checking in with Juan Marichal and Eminem boys. What did you say? I'll, I'll jump in here again. The uh, as of a few years ago, one of my favorite sports trivia questions was, "What switch hitter was the last to win the American League?" most valuable player award and that answer is even though it's a trick question that answer is vita blue so because of that we decided to go with vita blue who won the mvp in 1971 i'm pretty sure all right well one team is getting their points and it is vita blue um just so you know juan marichel did play until 1975 so you were very much in that uh in that time frame so your theme-linked answers so far are Robert Parrish and Vita Blue. Question number three. Which player earned the following accolades? NFL champion, nine-time Pro Bowler, three-time MVP, Rookie of the Year, eight-time NFL rushing leader, five-time rushing touchdown leader, and was named the CFB 150 greatest college football player ever. Yeah, Marcus, I think you're right. I I feel really confident on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, check that in. All right, we're checking in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. Eight-time rushing leader. I mean, that's it's going to be up there. And a nine-time Pro Bowler, so it's obviously someone prolific. Jim Brown definitely played. How long did he play? Did he? Actually, I think Brown played from 57 to 65. That's nine seasons. He won the rushing title every year except once. So uh, I think that fits the eight-time NFL rushing leader. NF- well, NFL champ. He didn't say Super Bowl. It said NFL champ. So he could have won with the Browns in the He definitely the won at least once. With Yes, they won at least once, maybe more. Um, Rookie of the year. I mean, that. I, I don't know for sure, but to win the NFL rushing title eight times, yeah, you'd, uh, you'd have to be someone even that close. I mean, careers barely last eight years. Right. And greatest college football player of all time. Jim Brown fits that. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, he fits, he checks all the boxes that we are aware of. So let's not overthink it. I would go with Jim Brown. Okay. Sounds good. 
All right, checking in Jim Brown and Benedict Harrell. What did you say? Uh, yeah, I I felt very, very confident on this that uh, I knew Jim Brown only played nine seasons. Um, he is considered by many to be the greatest, you know, running back ever. Uh, so eight-time rushing champ seemed right. Uh, I know the Browns won a championship in that time frame. So, uh, yeah, we locked in with Jim Brown – or we checked in with Jim Brown. All right, both teams checked in with Jim Brown, and both teams are going to be receiving their points. Um, I don't know what happened during the 1962 season, but that was the only season that he was not a first-team All-Pro. He was the second-team All-Pro that year, and it was the only season he did not league, lead the league in rushing. And he, yes, he did win the NFL championship with the Browns in 1964. So your theme-linked answers are... Robert Parrish, Vita Blue, Jim Brown. Question number four. In 2009, his second season in the league, this former Hokie became the first player in his team's history and the 11th player overall to return both a kickoff and a punt for touchdowns in the same game. In a 34-23 win over his future team, the San Diego Chargers. Okay. If you feel good about it, you can go ahead and check it in if you like. We'll check in. We're feeling pretty good. All right. As good as can be, I guess, in this circumstance. <laughs> Eminem boys have checked in. And Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. So you have Virginia Tech and played for some team first and then went to the Chargers. Oh, so San Diego or San Diego had a Pro Bowl special teamer Kasim Osgood, but I don't know. He didn't he was like a gunner. So it's not them and I think they drafted him. I was going to I was thinking in my head when he said Chargers of kind of backup running backs, but Michael Turner went somewhere else after Andy's from and when Northern he sw- Illinois. When he when he went to the Chargers, he could have not been returning at that point either, possibly. That's true. But I not, think the Chargers not, were Turner's first team. So okay. it's not him. Andy's not Virginia Tech. So um, the first name that popped into my head was D'Angelo Hall, but I think he was earlier. And I'm fairly certain he didn't play for San Diego. Um, um, so we're we're looking at like like a, a secondary or a running back or a wide receiver type. Right, those are kind of the three ones who typically the three positions that can be into the kick and punt returning. Yes. So it was a game against the Chargers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, Bronco, Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. I can't get anywhere else. Um, I'd say we go with Angelo Hall. Maybe he signed there late, but he's the only hokey that's in that time frame that makes sense to me and I'm, he went to he went to virginia tech yeah yeah d'angelo hall is virginia tech that, for sure that's that's more than i have so checking in with d'angelo hall all right checking in with d'angelo hall eminem boys uh, what did you say i think we both misunderstood uh the question a little bit because we picked someone that started in san diego um and I'm, I don't think either one of – we might have played at Virginia Tech. I don't know. We checked in with Darren Sproles. 
Darren Sproles. All right. Well, I did sweep this one. Um, this player went on to play with the um, Chargers and the Bears after his time in Denver. It was Eddie Royal. Oh, my God. Eddie Royal. Oh, no. I knew I was missing a receiver. Oh. And um, Josh, you are exactly right. That is the reason I included the his his other team, the San Diego Chargers, was because it helps you to narrow it down a little bit more than it may have been a division game. We we tried. You did the right, I, you did the right I, thing. We got there and it was like uh, uh, I had nothing. I didn't even know. Like I know Eddie Royal. Yeah, I didn't know he was a. Re- I, I didn't know he, he went to Virginia. Returned, I, oh, but I, I didn't know he was a returner. Like I just know him as a wide yeah. receiver. He's a, he's a smaller guy. You know, the smaller, quicker guys tend to be yeah, yeah, yeah. returners usually. So your theme-linked answers are Robert Parrish, Vita Blue, Jim Brown, Eddie Royal. Question number five: This man one of only three players to be inducted into the Hall of Fame as an Expo, is one of only eight players in Major League Baseball history to hit 300 home runs and steal 300 bases. We'll go ahead and uh, check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Um, Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. Well, I think we've come up with, I think we have two of the, three expos in the hall of fame or who went in as expos yeah well i i don't know about dawson um so i said andre dawson josh uh immediately sent over tim raines um (laughs) that's tough um i mean i just don't remember dawson stealing that many bases okay and i know and and raines just got in recently right and yeah yeah and he he played he played for a long time he I'm obviously not known as a power hitter, but he probably hit enough home runs to hit three to get to 300. I would think. I just don't know if Dawson would have stolen 300. Yeah, uh, that I went. I definitely went from the home run angle, and then when you came in with Reigns, I was like, that would make way more sense with 300 stolen bases. Um, if you feel better about Reigns, I'm cool with. I do feel better about Reigns just on the stolen base side. Yeah. Just because I I think it's easier probably for a guy with some speed to get to 300 home runs for a career, you know? Yeah. I I think it's more difficult for a guy who has more power to necessarily get to 300 stolen bases. When they're not taking steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Like Jose Jose Canseco getting in that 40-40 club. We know why. Fair enough. It's fine. Yeah, my my only thought is uh, Gary Carter might be the third. I don't know if he went in as a expo or a Matt, but I think he probably, he might've gone in as an expo and he certainly didn't steal 300 bases. Okay. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you, uh, yeah. Do you want to I, I feel good with uh, Tim rock Reigns. That would be who I would want to go with. Let's do it. All right. We'll check in Tim Reigns. Benedict Harrell has checked in Tim Reigns. Eminem boys. What did you say? What I do know for sure. 100% sure, uh, surety. I was on a now defunct podcast uh, about a year ago. One of the questions, somehow, it was an educated guess, but I do know that Andre Dawson's lifetime batting average is 279. That was a lucky guess a year ago I had. What I don't know 
for sure is if he had 300 stolen bases. But I, my logic was, I think it's much, before his knees went bad, I think he did steal quite a few bases for the first half of his career. And I think it's more likely he stole 300 bases than Tim Raines having 300 home runs. Because that's a lot of home runs, and Tim Raines certainly wasn't a power hitter. So that was the logic we went with Andre Dawson. Checking in with Andre Dawson. Well, I will tell you, one team is getting points here. The three Hall of Famers for the Expos, Josh, you named them all, Gary Carter, Andre Dawson, and Tim Raines. The one who hit 300 home runs and stole 300 bases, however, is Andre the Hawk Dawson. Sorry, Marcus. No, it's all good. I, I didn't. I, I didn't have didn't... enough. I didn't have enough uh, thunder behind it. I. All right. Well, I will tell you that both teams have put in guesses, and I have not received a correct guess yet. So you can both still have a chance at the fifty points. Let me give you your themed-based answers. They are Robert Parrish, Vida Blue, Jim Brown, Eddie Royal, and Andre Dawson. You know, the, the, the least famous person on this list is Eddie Royal. So what the, So I'm looking at the least famous person. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling it's something to do with his last name. I, but... I don't know. We'll go, with, we'll go with shades of blue, but I, I don't think that's right. We'll go ahead and check in. Um, that means that uh, after all this, um, Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. <laughs> yeah, sure, we can. We're, we are, I'm going to make this short and sweet. We are going with a joke answer of Creeks. <laughs> Dawson's Creek. So and these and are the- famous. Creeks. Famous Vita creeks. Blue Creek. Vita yeah. Creek. Blue Creek. I'm sure there's a Blue Creek. Parish Creek. Creek. Yeah, Parish Creek. Like a royal in my Creek. Backyard. <laughs> All right. Well, um, not surprising anybody, we did not come up with the theme-linked answer for this one. Um, I'm going to say that Mike, you did have a thought that should have brought you in the could have brought you in the right direction. Focusing on Eddie Royal was the way to go on this one because he was the one on, in there that didn't really seem like he fit with the rest of them. Um, we're looking at Vita Blue, Jim Brown, Eddie Royal, Robert the Chief Parrish, Andre the Hawk Dawson. These are five teams that made their home in Missouri, five professional sports teams that made their home in Missouri. The Royals, the Chiefs, the Blues, the Browns, St. Louis Browns, and the St. Louis Hawks. Heading into halftime, the score is Benedict Harrell has 170 points, and flipping the score, M&M Boys now has 190. It's now time for the halftime show. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be five entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 20 points. Question number one in the halftime show. Otherwise known as the theme from Rocky, what is the name of the Bill Conti song that went number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1977? We can check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell. 
talk it out. What is that called? So it's just the name of the Rocky theme song. Dan's doing it in his head right now. I can see it. He's going to start shadow boxing here in a second. Everybody that's not uh, trying to answer, it's mentally climbing up the Philadelphia Art Museum <laughs> steps now. Can't get to any like lyrics. I'm trying to like, you know. Getting strong now. You did break into song. I was being a little facetious before but hey. oh no it happens all Marcus, the time you got any you got any more of the lyrics there you got a no, little more Can no get... it's just like it's no it's just instrumental and then a couple of chorus lines there's no well that is one of them though <laughs> what are the other ones? yeah he's saying getting i so first of all let's dispute this right now i don't know if they're saying getting strong now or getting stronger don't know uh i i don't know man like i i've never known this i it's not there Let's just check in with what you just said, because that at least is a lyric. That... Getting stronger, sure. No, I oh. think it's getting strong now. Okay, getting strong is... now. Checked so, in. Well, we'll check that in. Boy, they, we're, we're crashing and burning. We started strong. <laughs> you get, are you getting strong now? Is the question? No, we're getting weak now. All right, you're checking in with, say it again. <laughs> Getting, uh, getting strong, strong now. now. Getting strong now. All right. And Eminem boys, what did you say? Um, well, I can say for a fact, Bill Conti is an alumnus of LSU, and he oh, had a concert. He had a concert there recently, like in the past Seriously. year, where he had a symphony play a lot of his big songs that he did. And um, and Mike had this forty-five as a kid and listened to it, so. We each had a kind of connection to it. And the name of the song was, oh, I could see it spinning around at the 45 revolutions per minute. That's the only, I don't like a lot of music, but I think I had two 45s. One being Rod Stewart's Do Ya Think I'm Sexy. Gonna Fly Now, uh, the theme from Rocky. Which is a lyric in the song, if you would have got to that point. The, uh, the lyrics of the song are as follows. Trying hard now. It's so hard now. Trying hard now. Getting strong now, coming on now, getting strong now, gonna fly now, flying high now, gonna fly, fly, fly. The correct answer is gonna fly now. Hey, Marcus, you had one of the lyrics. I'm just I'll, happy I'll take that, that. that was a thing. All right. He had about one ninth of the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two ninths of the lyrics. Yes, two ninths of two the lyrics. Coming up on a third. That's not bad. All right, question number two. Josh Charles and Peter Krause portray Dan Rydell and Casey McCall on Sports Night. This drama about a fictional cable sports program was created by which acclaimed writer who is also known for writing the screenplays for Moneyball, The Social Network, and A Few Good Men? We can check it in. All right. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. Yeah, um... I feel like we've talked about this on this podcast, and I don't know who it is. I had a name pop in my head, but I don't know if he's written any of these things. The only thing that popped in my head was Aaron Sorkin, but I don't know what he has written. I know he's written stuff, and I don't know why that name came up, but I don't, I don't know if that's even right. That's a name that yeah. popped in my head. Yeah, well, uh, all I can tell you is maybe about an hour ago, I said, always go with your gut. So I don't, I can't come up with anything. Okay. I will check in Aaron Sorkin. Checking in Aaron Sorkin and Benedict Harrell. What did you say? 
Yeah, he also wrote The West Wing and The Newsroom. It's Aaron Sorkin. Yes, it is. It is Aaron Sorkin. My uh, my favorite Aaron Sorkin film is The American President. Moneyball. The American President, and it's not Moneyball. Moneyball, that's your favorite, right? It's not no. <laughs> Moneyball, and we will not get into this again. Before we, uh, before we tick off anybody else, let's move on to question number three. Sometimes I dream that he is me. You've got to see that's how I dream to be. I dream I move. I dream I groove like Mike. If I could be like Mike. These were the lyrics to an advertisement campaign from 1992 for which company? You want to check that in? Yeah, we'll check in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, feel free to talk it out. We're thinking it's a beverage of some kind. <laughs> the question is which one? I, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's a soda, maybe it's a sports drink, maybe it's just something out of left field. I'm not sure. You know, and again, uh, I'm having... 30-year flashbacks of of him drinking a cold Mountain Dew for some reason, but I told him I was less than 50% sure. Yeah. I oh. I don't I don't know if it's Mountain Dew. I'm trying to think if there's I don't think I've seen the ad, so I can't place, you know, what he's drinking. Can't couple with anything better. Yeah. I'm okay. We'll go ahead and uh, check in with Mountain Dew. All right. Checking in Mountain Dew. Benedict Harrell, what did you say? Well, uh, Marcus was pretty quick. He sent over to me Gatorade or Nike question mark. And my brain, I had Gatorade and McDonald's and I had to talk myself out of McDonald's in my head. And since uh, I think I got that one out and we both had Gatorade in our thoughts, we checked in with Gatorade. All right. Um, those uh, That song finished up with, if I could be like Mike, I want to be, want to be like Mike, be like Mike. And then it said, be like Mike drink Gatorade. So Gatorade is our correct answer on this one. Question number four. In 1992's The Cutting Edge, D.B. Sweeney's character is a former hockey player turned figure skater who has a very hard time mastering the transition from hockey skates because of what feature on the figure skate? We can check in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, talk it out. I don't know. I've seen ice skates twice in my life. So I I don't even know what feature on a skate would distinguish it from one one from another. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's something on a I don't even know if it's on a hockey skate or a figure skate. I remember when I uh, there's something that I think helps you stop that's on the toe. I don't even I wouldn't even know what to call it if that if you wanted to give that as an answer. I don't even know what it's called. So I mean, we could maybe describe it and maybe get our way there. Again, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's like, uh, it's almost like shark's teeth on the front of the skate. I don't even know what it's used for. All right, let's see how we're going to put what we want to say. We say that just it's a, there's something at the toe that makes it different than the other one. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. But. Yeah, it's, better than, it's better than saying pass. So yeah. go with that. Yeah. Well, we're going to ch- check in with that. There's something at the toe that's different from one than the other. And I don't know if you need us to be more specific. I guess we will, but I don't know how to get specific. They look like, they look like shark's teeth. Sh- the shark's, the shark's teeth in the front, in the front of the, the shop. I'm going to hear what Josh says before I have you be more specific because I have a feeling it's not going to matter once uh, once Josh answers. Benedict Carroll, what did you say? 
So if if I have the correct actual term, is that going to then negate there? Yes, it is because that it is very, very, very prominent in the movie. What what it's called? Uh, yes, uh, it's called a toe pick. It is called the toe pick, and it is what you were thinking of, Mason. But I, I needed the name of it. It is um, those little um, teeth at the front of the blade that make it easier to hit the ice and jump with them. Um, he couldn't quite master them. He'd end up on the front of his uh, on the front of his skates and just start running and falling onto the ice. And every time he did, Moira Kelly was right there to say toe pick. All right, moving on to question number five. Bill Swirsky's super fans were the characters from Saturday Night Live that we commonly remember as the guys who proclaimed the, their love for the Bears. I'd like you to name any three of the five actors who played Bill Swirsky, Bob Swirsky, Todd O'Connor, Pat Arnold, and Carl Wolarski. We'll go ahead and check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, we can talk it out. Okay. So now I'm not sure about um, the one because they've had other people who came on and were other. Right. You're right, Chris so Farley's one. Yeah, um, he's he's the one. He's like, oh, he had another heart attack. It's a baker's <laughs> dozen for me, Bob. Um, I think Mike Myers was one. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, who's jo- remind me who George Went is? Sorry, George Went. George Went is uh, from Cheers. He's Norm from Cheers. Yes, no, but, Norm I, from but Cheers? he yeah, wasn't. A- he I don't know if he was a regular on that or if it was just when he hosted that he came on as a not as another family member or friend or something. Um, so that's where I'm being thrown off because. But I think he was in multiple. <sighs> regardless of whether or not that he hosted or whatever wasn't a part of it. Like, I think he was in multiple skits, I think. So we could go say Chris Farley, George went and Mike Myers. Yeah. Let's go with it. So we'll, uh, we'll check in with Chris Farley, Mike Myers and George went. All right. Um, Eminem boys. What did you say? Um, so we kind of had a, a similar idea. We both said Farley right off the bat. Um, he, and Mike came in with George went, um, and we we're kind of debating the last one. And once I said Mike Myers, he said, yes, for sure. Go with it. So we're actually going with the same three that you have. We have uh, Chris Farley, George Went, and Mike Myers. Well, I can tell you that Bill Swirsky, the title of the Bill Swirsky Superfans, was only on the first episode of Bill Swirsky Superfans. And he was played by Joe Montaigne. Um, one of the writers of Saturday Night Live played Carl Wolarski, um, Robert Smeagol, because they wanted to have Phil Hartman on, but they decided he is, his Chicago accent wouldn't be all that great. Chris Farley was most definitely one of them. Mike Myers was also one of them. And playing Bob Swirsky, Bill's brother, was George Went. Oh, thank God. And uh, since since they didn't have Joe Montaigne on to start out all of the uh, the rest of the Bill Swirsky superfans, Bob Swirsky, played by George Went, would always explain why Bill wasn't there, and it was usually because of a heart attack related. related uh, <laughs> That's reason. right. Yeah. Heading into the second half, we have a score of Benedict Harrell, 250, and Eminem Boys also with 250. Now on to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, 
and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks! Today's third quarter will be pre- and post-game. Pre- and post-game. For this quarter, there will be five before- and after-style questions. For example, if I said, what all-time leader in receptions for the Indianapolis Colts was a Notre Dame safety drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, the answer would be Marvin Harrison Smith. Each question is worth 20 points. Question number one, this two-time World Cup winner and forward for the New York Cosmos at one point was the youngest player to appear in a World Cup match and also became the youngest male in the ATP era to be ranked number one in the world in 2001. Uh, Marcus, how's how's your uh, World Cup? (laughs) What was that? Are you referring to the world's game? <laughs> that in my world, it doesn't exist. Well, is mostly non-existent. I know a little bit, but this? Sounders are a pretty big deal, Marcus. I know, and I've been to a game, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you throw around the New York Cosmos, and I know that doesn't exist anymore, so that's even no, it's worse. an older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Ooh, I, I might be onto something. The same thing. I, will, I might be onto something. Are you typing something to me? Yeah, are you typing something? Oh, I am. All right, one. Just hold on. I got to finish. Get ready. No, you can send okay. it. No, no, no. I want to do this at the same time. Let's see if we can do this. This is fascinating audio, by the way. <laughs> okay, I'm ready when you are. One, two, three. Oh, <laughs> no, that didn't work out. Yeah, go with it. If that is what you feel. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, you're, you're fine with that? I'm fine with it. Totally. All right, we'll, uh, we'll check in. All right, Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. A tough one. I mean, you know, uh, Cosmos forward, the only one I know of. I can't even say for sure he was a forward, but I think so. It was a guy named Giorgio Canalia. So any tennis players to start with? Well, Leah or you know, Yannick Noah. Canalia. Yannick Noah, but that doesn't fit the 2001 time frame. No, not at all. But at least we get points for saying something that fits <laughs> format. <laughs> uh, you know, 2001 tennis, young. I mean, you have... I think Roger Federer was was he on the scene yet? Probably close. Probably, so, you know, he would have been like seventeen at the time. Yeah, so I mean, we're looking at someone if they're going to be the youngest ever, they're probably going to be a teenager, like seventeen, eighteen, right? Hitting number one. So, so probably someone that you know wasn't prominent until later in the decade. I would think. I mean, they might have been number one for a little bit and then kind of came back later on. So we're looking so at if, if you work back, if you want to work backwards again, two thousand one. Maybe Roger Federer. What, what's the guy, the left-handed, who's good on the clay now? 
you know, you might have just started. What's, what's the guy's name? Federer? Not Federer. Nadal? Nadal. Well, what's his first name? Raphael. Yeah. Raphael. Ra. I mean, it could be a last yeah. name, part of a last name. I just can't imagine for a soccer question, he would, that he would, there would be a, a less obvious answer. Soccer's hard enough to begin with. So I figured they I mean, two time World Cup and what they said the youngest ever play. Yeah. I mean, Pele played Cosmos. I don't know if he went forward, was he? I don't know. Probably not. Hey, Lay, Lay. I mean, I mean, I can't think of any tennis players that start with Lay. I don't know if that fits, if that's more likely than Giorgio Canalia. Probably so. But I don't know any tennis players that fit that. Yeah, Mel P- P- Pete Sampras was, I think, before. You had to be. I'm trying to think of male names that start with Lay. If that's gonna, because I mean, obviously it can be just Pele, because it's probably be part of the name itself. So it's got to be Lay something if it's gonna, if it fits with that, which I think it probably is more likely than Canalia. I don't have any names that fit him. Well, then the, the tennis names from 2001. Who was just starting out in 2001? That's probably relatively obvious. I mean, again, we already said the names. Yeah, I mean, this person, you know, are. I'm thinking if they're young, then they could technically still be playing today. Maybe they'd be in their late thirties. Yeah. Roger Federer was like 38 now. Right. So, I mean, it could be, it could be someone that's still playing today, but I don't know anyone that fits that either. Yeah. I don't know a Cosmos forward that ends in the R O type. Or yeah. Or for, or raw for that matter. Well, we can, Oh, let's at least go with one that fits the, uh, the first part. Get uh, go with some that fits the narrative here. So, but it's it's wrong because, like I said, yeah. Yannick, Noah, Yannick Noah didn't start. You know, he was. He, yeah, I mean, we can go with that because at least it connects together. But okay, so at least so so in the sake in the just to uh, get some uh, bragging rights, we'll go with uh, Georgia Canalia Yannick Noah. <laughs> Going with Georgia Kanalianic Noah and Benedict Harrell. What did you say? Well, we didn't type the same thing at the same time. <laughs> uh, but not we're not going to reveal what, uh, what Marcus had because he could possibly use it in a future game. So when you said the Cosmos, I immediately went to Pele because I don't know anyone else who played for the Cosmos. And Mike does. Started, well, <laughs> when I started Georgia thinking of, So when I started thinking of lay as the starting of a tennis player i pretty quickly got to leighton hewitt who um, was pretty good around that time don't know if he ever hit number one but i'm guessing he probably did so we're checking in with pay leighton hewitt one team is getting points on this one yes pele did play for the uh for the cosmos at that point um he at one point he was the youngest player to ever appear in a world cup match and leighton hewitt at the age of 20 became the number one player in the world in 2001. He's semi-retired now. So Pay Layton Hewitt is our correct answer. Very nice. At least we brought up Pele, even though we didn't use him. We at least mentioned him. Question number two. This 2019 FIBA World Cup MVP and two-time Olympic medalist has played nine years in the NBA for three different teams and 
was a two-time Cy Young winner and pitching Triple Crown winner in the 2000s. All right, we'll check in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. We don't really have either part of it. Uh, the only thing I'm hanging on to at this point is I know the USA did not win the FIBA, well, the cup or whatever you call it. I don't know who did. And we don't know what pitcher has won two Cy Youngs in the 2000s. I think, I think Roy Halladay might have won two in there, but it's obviously not Brandon Roy as the basketball player that won the MVP of the FIBA championship. But I, I don't have anything else that even connects. Maybe he has dual citizenship. He, he might, but he hasn't played, and I can tell you how. It's been a while since he's even played an NBA game. I doubt he's playing overseas for a FIBA team. Like I said, Roy Halladay is the best thing because at least Roy could be the end of a last name or a last name. <laughs> but the, like I said, the only thing I can think of is Brandon Roy, and it's not that. But it fits, and it's something, I guess, because I otherwise I don't know. So we can go with that. Yeah, Brandon Roy is actually at least a better guess than Patrick Roy. So. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, I, I think I think Mike and I are going to check in with a with a with a completely wrong answer, but maybe half of it's right. Uh, we'll go ahead and check in with Brandon Roy Halliday. All right, checking in Brandon Roy Halliday and Benedict Harrell. You seem to come up with something at the very end there. What did you come up with? I would have felt very, very embarrassed if I didn't get to this. It took me a while. Uh, when So I was first on the Justin Verlander, because I know he did win one of the Triple Crowns and two Cy Youngs, but that was in the 2010s. So when we narrowed it down to the, the aughts, um, I pretty quickly narrowed in on Johan Santana. And then I was thinking uh, American NBA players for the longest time, and that was the wrong route. Needed to find the Spanish player who uh, is coming back to Minnesota. The correct answer is Ricky Ruby Johan Santana. Know your host. One team is getting points on this one. The correct answer is Ricky Ruby Johan Santana. And honestly, I that was the last question I wrote on this, and I was having a hard time coming up with something. And I I didn't even I did not even lean into my Minnesota fandom to come up with that one. I came up with both of them um, independently and said, oh, well, that works. Great. Let's do that. Uh, I had Ricky Rubio. I was like, maybe Spain won it. I threw in Ricky Rubio, but I could not find anything to fit for it. I would not have thought I would not have thought of Johan Santana. Former so. Met Johan Santana. And Okay. So it, it, it worked out to know your host, even though you didn't leave. Even that. though I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, this is not good. I've missed seven pre and post games in a row. So oh, let's see if you can get this one. This is not good. Question number I te- three. I technically have missed seven. <laughs> good job, Marcus. We're still in this together. I've, I've got a good, I've got a good feeling about this one. Question number three, this 2011 number one overall pick from UConn is a four-time WNBA champion and league MVP and is also one of the top five all-time leading scorers in the NFL. Yes. Woo! You want, you, you, you want to check that in? You want to check that in? Marcus Ellis is checking in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Benedict Harrell is checked in. Eminem, boys, you can talk it out. 
Well, I'm glad Dan's good vibes passed because I think uh, I think I have something. I'm the first thing I came up with for scores. I was like, well, that's a kicker, and I don't know why Morton Morton Anderson obviously popped in my head pretty quickly because I know he's up there. And Maya Moore was a UConn basketball player that was really dominant. I don't know if she went number one, but Maya Morton Anderson fits at least, and I feel better about it than the first two. So, unless you have any objections to that, uh, I you know, I think uh, you sound confident. So, hopefully, you broke your uh, seven-game losing streak on this category. Yeah, um, I hope. As we said in the beginning of the podcast, my WNBA is limited, very limited. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we got the first one right about the WNBA at least, but uh, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and check in with Maya Morton Anderson. Checking in with Maya Morton Anderson and Benedict Harrell. What did you say? Yes, I individually by myself. <laughs> no, no, Josh had Josh had the same thing. Uh, yeah, it's Maya Morton Anderson. Maya Moore, the one of the most dominant WNBA players ever, um, and a great humanitarian. Uh, she just freed a, a man who spent multiple years in prison. Uh, she took the season off to focus on that and ended up getting engaged to him. So they're married now. Yeah, they're married now. So, uh, yeah, we locked in with – or checked in with Maya Morton Anderson. See, I do one episode of Triviality, and this is what happens. <laughs> we blame them over at uh, Triviality for this. Yeah, Neil, you suck. All right, both teams getting points on this one. The correct answer is Maya Morton Anderson. Very good. <laughs> Link's great, Maya Moore. All right, so we're moving on to question number four. And you're going to hear something that you've heard earlier today at the beginning of this one. This 2018 NASCAR Monster Energy Cup winner drives the 22 car for Team Penske and also was a six-time All-Star Rookie of the Year winner and two-time batting champion in the 90s and 2000s. Do you want to go ahead and check in with that, Mike? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll go ahead and check. We'll go ahead and check in. All right. Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. Funny enough, we uh, both agreed on the NASCAR first, which kudos to us, hopefully. Marcus was pretty quick on the Joy Logano is number 22, and I was thinking Logano um, won that year and that he drives for Penske. I didn't necessarily know his number. And then we both kind of snapped in our heads, Nomar Garciaparra. So we're going to check in with Joey Lagano, Nomar Garciaparra. Right. Benedict Carroll has said Joey Lagano, Mar Garciaparra. Eminem boys, what did you say? Well, um, I've written a pre and post game about Nomar Garcia Parra, and I remember this. Mine was the Apollo Oh No Mar Garcia Parra one. Um, that's awesome. But uh, that's, that came first to me because I remember he won uh, two batting champs later on in the 90s and 2000s, and the only NASCAR driver I could think of that fit that was Joey Logano. Um, so we also checked in with Joey Logano Mar Garcia Parra. All right, both teams checking in with the correct answer on this one. Great job. Points all around. Question number five. This defenseman, who was the recipient of the first million-dollar contract in the NHL, was also a two-time unanimous All-American, 
Heisman finalist and Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in 1996, although he never scored a touchdown in his 13-year career. Okay, we'll check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. So 13-year career. Yes. Offensive Player of the Year. Two, you know. Um, yes. In the unanimous All-American. I'm serious i know you're questioning this but i think it's an offensive lineman if you're thinking of an offensive lineman then it's orlando pace because that would have been he was yeah drafted right around that time yeah yeah and he was a monster for ohio state i just feel like i would know if orlando pace oh oh you're it is hot he did say heisman finalist finalist he, he didn't up. not he didn't say right. runner up he said you can, finalist you can get votes and be eighth in the heisman voting so how can you fit a hockey player to fit orlando pace bobby Orr. let's do it so bobby or huh bobby or lando pace sure yes that's what we're checking in with yes Checking in with Bobby Orlando Pace and Eminem boys. What did you say? Well, I personally found I was shying away from Bobby Orr, uh, even though he came into my head. I just, <clears throat> I just didn't think back in the uh, '60s and early '70s, hockey defensemen made uh, seven figures, but maybe he signed a million-dollar contract over a long time period. So that would fit the narrative. I don't know too many offensive linemen because, you know, they, they don't get the name recognition, but I do remember Orlando Pace did attend Ohio State and was very good. So that's uh, Bobby went with Bobby Orlando Pace as well. All right. Both teams checking in Bobby Orlando Pace and both teams will be getting their points. Orlando Pace did finish fourth in Heisman voting in 1996 behind Danny Werfel, Troy Davis, and Jake Plummer. All right. After the third quarter, we have a score of Benedict Harrell, 350, and the Eminem boys, 310. It is anyone's game going into the fourth quarter. That brings us to the fourth quarter, known as the fourth quarter, known as put your fours up. This quarter consists of five categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each, not to exceed their current point total. The categories for today are as follows. McDonald's, which will be about the NHL. Wendy's, which will be about WWE. Subway which will be about the Major League Baseball. Burger King, which will be about the NBA. And Arby's, which will be about the NFL. It's now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the questions. Question one in McDonald's. Hall of Famer and podcast favorite, Lanny McDonald, well... Dan's favorite, Lanny McDonald, spent the last 10 seasons of his career with the Calgary Flames, with whom he won a Stanley Cup. He began his career when he was drafted by and played seven years for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But which other team 
did Lanny McDonald play for for three years in the middle of his career? We'll check in. Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. Well, Mike said he was 73% sure about this, so I'm willing to go with him on this. Um, I don't know where he got 73 from, but it wasn't our wager, so it wasn't like it was that. But um, if, if you're sure about it, I'm by all means willing to trust I'm him. I'm short. But <laughs> we, um, Atlanta popped into my head, but then, then I said that may not count because he might have gone to Atlanta and then they moved to Calgary, so that would kind of negate that wouldn't fit the uh, question exactly but i'm picturing listen i never collected cards but for some reason i picture his his mustache his you know hairy face on a colorado rockies card um you know and like we said from the beginning go with your gut instinct and my gut instinct is flashing back to a colorado rockies he spent a couple of years so checking in with the colorado rockies for how many points 60. And Benedict Harrell, what did you say? And for how many points? Uh, Marcus was uh, not all over this. And the only reason I had any clue was from our Movember Madness uh, recording. Um, so if anybody wants to, to find out what that's all about, you can join us on Patreon. Um, but yeah, I've, when we were looking through all the different pictures of Lanny McDonald, which he was on, our, he was on the screen quite a bit. And I saw him in that Colorado uniform, and uh, I looked up and was like, what team was that? And it was the Colorado Rockies. Uh, and we're checking in for a whopping zero points. All right. Both teams checked in with the Colorado Rockies, and both teams will receive their points. It was the Colorado Rockies who went on to become the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey Devils. Right now, we have the M&M boys with 370 points. And Benedict Harrell with 350. Question number two in Wendy's. Wendy Richter was a pioneer in the WWF's women's division, perhaps best known for a rivalry with the fabulous Moolah and Captain Lou Albano. Which pop star accompanied Wendy Richter to the ring at the brawl to end it all before going on to also accompany Hulk Hogan with Captain Lou during WrestleMania one, we are checking in. All right. Benedict Harrell is checked in. Eminem boys. What do you think? It's what well, Mike thinks. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just said the last question I said, I was 73% sure. Uh, this one, I said I was 101% sure uh, being a child of the eighties. Girls just want to have fun. So I will say Cindy Lauper. Checking in with Cindy Lauper for how many points? I think we said 10, right? Yep. 10 points. Okay, and Benedict Harrell, what did you say, and for how many points? Um, this was a big discussion for us when we were wagering because Josh said, I have a narrow window of WWE knowledge, and I said, I have a pretty good feeling, and I and so we wagered in with 70 points, and yes. 71, uh, 71. 71, excuse me, 71 points. <laughs> and yeah, I remember because I went back and uh, watched a bunch of old WrestleManias, and uh, this is Cindy Lauper. Checking in with Cindy Lauper for 71 points, and both teams will be receiving their points. Cindy Lauper is the pop star that accompanied both Wendy Richter and Hulk Hogan with Captain Lou Albano, who played her father in the music video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And he was still number one. Score check after question number two. Right now, Benedict Harrell has 421 and Eminem Boys 380. Moving on to question number three in Subway. 
The 2000 World Series between the Yankees and the Mets was nicknamed the Subway Series for obvious reasons. Prior to this series, in which year was the last World Series to feature teams from the same metro area? We'll check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. Yeah, so, uh, you know, initially, obviously, was trying to think of, like, um, another New York or Chicago. But then when I had you reread the question, and you said metro area, it sparked Oakland, San Francisco in my head. Because I do believe that is, they are considered a metropolitan area, right? The Oakland, San Francisco Bay Area. Marcus, would you agree that that would be considered a metropolitan area? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I mean, they're bri- the bri- they're separated by the bridge, obviously. So I think that would right because count. the I mean, New York and Chicago are actually within a city, not just a metropolitan area. So I think that might be the wording which leads me to 1989, which I think was the earthquake. Yes. Series. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So we're going to check in with 1989, right? He wanted the year, right? Yes, the year. And for how many points? Uh, For 50 points. All right. For 50 points, you said 1989. And yep. M&M boys, what did you say? And for how many points? Well, the first World Series that came to mind in my head was 1985 when the uh, Kansas City played St. Louis, whether they call it the uh, I-70 series or something like that. But then, again, um, Going back to what Josh said, uh, I, I thought to myself, well, that not only is it not the same metro area, I don't know how far they're apart, but probably at least around 100 miles, maybe more, the uh, metro area, realize that, and being four years later, was it certainly the 89 earthquake series between uh, the Bay Area Giants and the Bay Area Oakland Athletics. So we went with that. For, For- how many points? I think 100. Didn't we do 100, Mason? Yes. 100 points. All right. And both teams will be getting their points. It was the 1989 Earthquake Series between the Giants and the A's. Score check after the third question. Eminem boys are now at 480, and Benedict Harrell is at 471. We have a barn burner, folks. Question number four in Burger King. From 1972 to 1975, the Kings basketball franchise played half of their home games in Kansas City and half of them in which other city? We'll check in. All right, Eminem boys have checked in. Benedict Harrell, you can talk it out. Marcus, I said, I think it's Omaha. I think think they split time between Kansas City and Omaha. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere in the Midwest. I just wasn't quite sure where it was or like... I, for some reason, I thought like actual Kansas, but yeah, that makes uh, Omaha makes. All right, should we check in with that? Yeah, because that's the one that pops in my head. Um, okay, yeah. All right, so we'll check in with Omaha for 50 points. Checking in Omaha for 50 points. And Eminem boys, what did you say? Yeah, we, uh, well, again, being a uh, elementary school kid following sports. I hope they were referred to, I believe, in the newspaper and by sportscasters as the Kansas City Omaha Kings. So that's why we went with Omaha. And I, I, you know, I guess I remember being a kid. I just thought that was their name. I didn't realize it was because they played in two places. However, that's why we went with Omaha, because I do remember that part. 
Checking in with Omaha for how many points? 39. For 39 points. Well, both teams are getting their points. The correct answer is Omaha, Nebraska. You thought we were done with Omaha. It's come back twice in this episode. All right, before we move on to the last question of the game, let me give you a quick score check. Right now we have Benedict Harrell with 521 and Eminem Boys at 519. This is anybody's game, and it's going to come down to the final question. Question number five in Arby's, or RB. Deuce McAllister had a very productive 2003 season, rushing for 1,641 yards on 351 attempts. This, however, was only good enough for fourth place in rushing yards for the year. Name two of the three running backs that finished ahead of Deuce McAllister in rushing yards for the 2003 season. This goes out to a friend of a uh, friend of mine, Sam, Sam Peterson, who, uh, when I was talking with him while I was writing this game, he said, I, I said, I'm, I'm writing a game right now. I kind of have to finish this up. And he says, I'll just write a question about Deuce McAllister. I said, okay, I'll do that. He was kind of inebriated and kind of uh, wanted to get the phrase drop a deuce in. So there you go. There you go, Sam Peterson. Thank you for, uh, for the inspiration. Yeah. Should we check in with those two? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Okay, Benedict Harrell has checked in. Eminem boys, you can talk it out. Yeah, quite a list. This is a matter of yeah. figuring out. The one, one? the one name that we both agreed on would be uh, Tomlinson. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was dominant right around that time. I think he would easily got, if his rookie year was 2001, so second, completely possible for him to get more than 1,641. You know, Corey Dillon had the 300 yards in one game or almost like 280, but I don't think that was 2003. I was thinking, and I, I can't place the year. I thought Jamal Lewis was around 2003 when he hit his 2,000-yard season. But I don't know if it was that season. It might have been 2002, 2004, somewhere in that ballpark. No, I can't remember. What year was pre, What two years was Priest Holmes dominant? And was he awesome on Kansas City or Baltimore? Where do you have his, those awesome – like? It would have been Kansas City, and that's around that time. So that's why it's a tempting name, just because I know he had those two years where he was – Because you know, in the Super Bowl in 2000, where they beat the Giants – Jamal Lewis was the running back, not Priest Holmes. Is that a correct statement? I think it was definitely Jamal Lewis. We know Jamal Lewis was the lead guy in 2000. I I think so. I'm not 100 on that. I know he was around that time. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure that Priest Holmes was not on that Super Bowl winning team. No, I don't don't think so either. So if Holmes was dominant, it boils down to when when was Priest Holmes on Kansas City? Was it in the 90s? The 2000s. I think it was like early 2000. I want to say maybe 2002. Okay. I, d- well, I don't know. It's, they're all kind of in the same frame. So I'm trying to, I don't know if I can distinguish, you know, the particular year he was there. Uh, gut reaction. I'm, I'm still thinking Jamal Lewis is in that time frame. And I think it was that year, but I'm not even, it's not a hundred. It's like maybe 50 because it very well could be either year bookending it. What year, what year, what year did he run for 2000? That's the one I'm trying to think of. I think it, his 2000 was in that like three year window from 02 to 04. I just don't know if it was 03. I don't feel it was a Super Bowl year though. I'm feeling it was no. like, the, like 2001 maybe. But right, and the and the thing is, if 1641 is fourth, you would think someone's got to get close to 2000 or hit it in that year. Because mm-hmm. I mean, right, just from a math standpoint, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they're all like bunched around 1700, I would doubt. I think one of them would have to be, you know, far and away. Higher mm-hmm. than that. Well, I've been saying this whole game, go with your first instinct. My first instinct was Priest Holmes. Right. My, 
And uh, Lewis. Right, and mine's Lewis, so that doesn't really help us here. Yep, yep. You have a coin in your pocket? <laughs> I can pull out a coin. The only thing I, the only thing in yours is that I'm sure Lewis ran for 2,000, so we know it's above 1641. Right, and Holmes, I don't, I don't know if he hit that threshold, which is right. That's what's giving me a little concern. He might have ran for like 1,500 yards back to back years, but never, you know, got mm-hmm. over that total. So, I that's why I'm leaning that way. But I, I trust whatever you want to go with on that. I well, I'm 50-50, but the thing that puts me over the edge is that we know Lewis did run for 2,000 yards at some point. Right, somewhere in that. Frame. Maybe you know, that's fine. Okay, right, so so we're gonna go with. Ladanian Tomlinson and Jamal Lewis. Yes. Okay. We'll check in. Ladanian Tomlinson and and Jamal Lewis for how many points? One hundred. For one hundred points, Benedict Carroll. What did you say? And for how many points? <laughs> what a conversation! I had the. We basically had the same one. Um, I my first three were Tomlinson, Falk, Priest, Holmes. Uh, Josh threw out Jamal Lewis and Ricky Williams. And then I said, are you thinking that that was his 2,000-yard season in reference to Lewis? And he said no initially. We had a little bit more discussion. We talked about Amon Green. Um, I know Alexander was later. um, And Amon Green had just gotten to the Packers because he spent his first two or three in Seattle. Um, I think 2000 might have been the Super Bowl year, uh, Mike. I think that was Jamal Lewis's rookie year. So – Anyways, all of this roundabout way to say that we also checked in with the exact same answer, answers of Jamal Lewis and Ladanian Tomlins for, for one for 100 points. For 100 points. All right. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, let me say that uh, Priest Holmes rushed for 1,420 yards this year. There were six players in the NFL who rushed for 1,500 or more yards that year. Um, number six was Fred Taylor with 1,572. And Clinton Portis had 1,591. But the three that finished above uh, Deuce McAllister were, in third place, LaDainian Tomlinson, 1,645 yards. Amon Green at 1,883 yards. And Jamal Lewis at 2,066 yards. Both teams will be getting their points, which means we had a nail-biter of a finish but the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. Eminem boys, with an impressive run, ended up with 619 points. But our clipboard captains for the game, who are receiving the coveted Steve Dills Award, with 621 points, is Benedict Harrell. Congratulations, guys. Actually, congratulations, all four of you. You played an excellent game today. Um, is there anything you'd like to say before we call it a night? Uh, I'll uh, go first. Since this was my first game, I, again, I want to thank you for the invitation. Love the format. Uh, I want to congratulate the champions. Uh, well-deserving. And uh, hopefully, I, I'm sure I'll echo everyone else's sentiments that life gets back to normal sooner than later. Thanks, guys. Amen to that. Thank you, Mike. Um, how about uh, Mason, your uh, your teammate there, had uh, had some stuff to say. How about you? Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed playing with Mike. Um, it was a fun game, and I came down to the final question, um, and got to give up to Josh and Marcus. I mean, they swept the final round. They did exactly what they had to do, so um, good job on them. It was, it was a good game overall. All right, uh, Josh and Marcus, how about you? Yeah, wow, that, that game was awesome. It, it was uh... Um, I, in fact, the last discussion that you guys had, I 
message Josh. This discussion is fascinating because it's the same thing we were thinking. It was ex almost exactly the same. And like th at those are times that you want to jump in and be like, hey, well, this, uh, you know, this happened this year. Uh, like Corey Dillon, uh, Husky legend Corey Dillon, 278 yards for the Bengals. It was right around 2001, I think. Yeah, there you go, Dan. Uh, so great game. It was a lot of fun. It's my second time uh, uh, as a bench warmer, and it was awesome. So I'll remember this one for a while. Yeah, can't get uh, much closer of a game, that's for sure. Um, and congratulations to you guys also on uh, sweeping that final round. Yeah, you made us answer all our four that we wagered on um, correctly. So, uh, Mike, thanks for coming on, um, for for giving us a listen. We can't do it without those listening, so thank you to everybody who's you know, taking time out of their schedules to listen to us. Hopefully we um, fill some of your time during, uh, you know, these COVID days. And even when things get back to normal, hopefully then we can be a vehicle for your free time as well. So um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining us. And uh, Dan, I'll let you kind of wrap us up here with any other things you have. Just want to echo what everybody else said out there. Um, thanks again, Mike, for coming on. We we sincerely appreciate all of our listeners that uh, want to come take time out of their day to uh, to play with us. It's 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 always great to uh, to meet the uh, the listeners. So I just want to go ahead and say thanks for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench warm. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch, stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. Into deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP.